Notwithstanding 60 years of attrition, there remain in this section of the Redwood Belt thousands upon thousands of acres of virgin timber that had already attained a vigorous growth when Christ was crucified. In their vast, somber recesses, with the sunlight filtering through their branches 250 feet above, one hears no sound save the tremendous diapason of the silence of the ages. Here, more forcibly than elsewhere in the universe, is one reminded of the littleness of man and the glory of his Creator. In sizes ranging from 5 to 20 feet in diameter, the brown trunks rise perpendicularly to a height of from 90 to 150 feet before putting forth a single limb, which frequently is more massive than the growth which men call a tree in the forests of Michigan. Scattered between the giants, like subjects around their king, one finds noble fir, spruce or pines, with some Valparaiso live oak, black oak, pepperwood, madrona, yew, and cedar. In May and June, when the twisted and cowering madrona trees are putting forth their clusters of creamy buds, when the white blossoms of the dogwoods line the banks of little streams, when the azaleas and rhododendrons, lovely and delicate as orchids, blaze a bed of glory, and the modest little loxalis has thrust itself up through the brown carpet of pine needles and redwood twigs, these wonderful forests cast upon one a potent spell. To have seen them once thus in gala dress is to yearn thereafter to see them again, and still again, and grieve always in the knowledge of their inevitable death at the hands of the woodsmen. John Cardigan settled in Humboldt County, where the Sequoia Sempervirens attains the pinnacle of its glory, and with the lust for conquest hot in his blood, he filed upon a quarter section of the timber, almost on the shore of Humboldt Bay, land upon which a city subsequently was to be built. With his double-bitted axe and cross-cut saw, John Cardigan brought the first of the redwood giants crashing to the earth, above which it had towered for twenty centuries, and in the form of split posts, railroad ties, pickets, and shakes, the fallen giant was hauled to tidewater in ox-drawn wagons and shipped to San Francisco in the little two-masted coasting schooners of the period. Here, by the abominable magic of barter and trade, the dismembered tree was transmuted into dollars and cents, and returned to Humboldt County to assist John Cardigan in his task of hewing an empire out of a wilderness. At a period in the history of California when the treasures of the centuries were to be had for the asking or the taking, John Cardigan chose that which others elected to cast away. For him, the fertile wheat and fruitlands of California's smiling valleys, the dull placer gold in her foothill streams, and the free grass, knee-deep, on her cattle and sheep ranges, held no lure, for he had been first among the Humboldt Redwoods, and had come under the spell of the vastness and antiquity, the majesty and promise of these epochs of a planet. He was a big man, with a great heart, and the soul of a dreamer, and in such a land as this it was fitting he should take his stand. In that wasteful day, 
a timber claim was not looked upon as valuable. The price of a quarter section was a pittance in cash, and a brief residence in a cabin constructed on the claim as evidence of good faith, to a government none too exacting in the restrictions with which it hedged about its careless dissipation of the heritage of posterity. Hence, because redwood timber claims were easy to acquire, many men acquired them. But when the lure of greener pastures gripped these men, and the necessity for ready money oppressed, they were wont to sell their holdings for a few hundred dollars. Gradually it became the fashion in Humboldt to unload redwood timber claims on thrifty, far-seeing visionary John Cardigan, who appeared to be always in the market for any claim worthwhile. Cardigan was a shrewd judge of stumpage, with the calm certitude of a prophet.